Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. With an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Lombardi Line, it's Monday, the 26th, the day after Christmas. They call it Boxing Day in Britain, Michael Lombardi. Boxing Day oh, is going to say hi. Yeah, Boxing Day. It's good. That. Soccer's English Premier League is back. I know you're excited. Soccer is oh, back. So we're, the world is right. My... Oh, I love that. Yeah, I'll get soccer. Michael Who's Lombardi, playing today? of course. Nice to see Michael. I hope you had a great Christmas. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're going to start there, but did you have a nice Christmas with the family? It's, I mean, literally, yeah. we're now seeing that people are dying from this weather. So I, it's it started to get serious, right, with this cold yeah. and up in Buffalo, yeah. the terrible scene up there. So oh. hopefully you had an okay one where you could stay inside. Oh, and it was stay beautiful. Warm. It was cold, but nice. And it was always good to be around family and friends and, and enjoy it. And just to kind of take in and feel how grateful we are as a family, you know, to have so many great things around, five great healthy grandkids. It's, you know, one guy won, one guy lost, but we'll get through that all. You know how it goes. Well, I do believe the Panthers are going to make the postseason. We'll get to them Uh-oh. coming up in just a little you bit. And Will how Hill. about you and Will Hill? Yeah, well, we'll get to it. And I and I have to. I owe Lions fans. My friends in Michigan were texting me nonstop because I said Dan Campbell facetiously should be fired. I don't believe Dan Campbell's going to be fired. Okay, <laughs> let's just put it that way. Uh, but let's start with the presence that Tua was handing out in Miami yesterday. Twenty six twenty. The Packers didn't even play well. Brian Ortega, our producer, he's a big Packers guy. He said the Packers didn't play well. They come away with a twenty six twenty lead. They hold on to their slim playoff chances. And this was an absolute meltdown from Tua. They closed three and a half. Miami, the total closed 49. Let's run with this. 
Well, I, I think it was a little bit of a combination of a meltdown, right? I, I think, to me, there's a, a misalignment with the Miami Dolphins. And the misalignment occurs because of Justin Herbert. The misalignment occurs because they picked Tua over Herbert, and they're obsessed, obsessed with trying to prove that Tua's an elite quarterback. And they've got strong people backing them. I mean, Emmanuel Acho on Twitter was, you know, he's, he's a big guy in this corner. You know, like they've got a lot of people that say – I, I'm not sure we're all watching the same game, but that's beside the point. But let's focus on what really matters. And I think this Miami Dolphin team has lost touch because of this Tua eliteness, trying to prove Tua's great, that they stopped doing what they should be doing. They've only run the ball for over 100 yards five times this year. They had they were dominated at 10 carries for 58 yards in the first half, Right. And they come out in the second half, and they don't even want to run the ball. They want to throw, throw, throw. They want to prove Tua's great. And what I have the biggest issue with, Patrick, it isn't that Tua can't play quarterback. That's not it. My issue is Tua has to be managed correctly. You've got to build a run game around him. You've got to make sure that he's not the focal point of the offense, that Hill is, the running backs are. You've hired Mike McDaniel to be your head coach because McDaniel is supposed to be a run game guru and you're gashing the Packers at a clip like you can't believe at 4.6. And what people don't realize, and I said this on the podcast, the Miami Dolphins who are eight and seven now and have were at one time eight and three, they are the 32nd team in rushing attempts in the national football league. 32nd. They run it the least amount of any team including the Kansas City Chiefs. And so you're exposing a defense that isn't very good, and you're exposing a quarterback who's prone to not always be perfect. And to me, I think it goes back to the misalignment of understanding who the quarterback really is. So this is on McDaniel as well. They're too reliant on explosive plays. I mean, over this four-game losing streak, they've had two touchdowns that didn't come off of an explosive play. You saw the two yesterday, Waddle 84, Tyreek 52. It's almost like what you said. They're trying to showcase what they have at quarterback and wide receiver, and they're getting away from the run, and the run is what they do so efficiently when they do I mean, it. They had, they had 18 carries total in the game, right? You know, and they averaged 4.6. And they were gashing them. I mean, they were gashing them. And every time you run the ball early in the game, you have to adjust your run game, how they start to fit the run game. So, But this is why you hired him. This is why you hired McDaniel. Like, you didn't hire McDaniel to throw it all over the yard. And so, all of a sudden, you're not playing any complimentary football whatsoever. Because let's be clear here, your defense isn't any good. You can't, you're not great enough to stop. You can get a couple negative plays, but the problem is I think what happens to Miami is they get in this situation where they know for if Tua has to be 8, 9, 12, there's going to be a breakdown like we saw on the drive. He throws the interception to Campbell, right? They were, they were moving the ball effectively there. Little run, little pass, they moved it. Oh, he throws an interception. Like, I'm not saying Tua is a bust. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he's Mitchell Trubisky. I'm also not saying he's elite. I'm also not saying he's had any business being in the MVP conversation. Like, I'm saying those things. I'm saying he's limited. His arm strength, sure. his foot quick, it's limited. Is it good enough to win with? Yes. Can he win a championship? Hold on. You better be really good on defense. You better be really good, and you better be really good around them. And I think that's the issue. They're not good enough on defense, and they're not good enough, and they won't commit to a run game. They just won't. I mean, they won't. I mean, 
I mean, the first time they ran for 100 yards all year was week five of the season. They ran for 137 against the Jets, right? Then they ran for 111 against Pittsburgh. They ran for 107. Their best run game was against Cleveland. They ran for 195. And they refused to run it. Then against Buffalo, they run for 188. And that was a good game, right? What did we say about Tua in the Buffalo game? Played really good, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Oh, he looked really good. Well, because they're running the ball a little bit. He, he didn't have to carry the team. But yesterday, oh, we're obsessed with it. I think it's as much on McDaniels as anybody. And then he doesn't even challenge the, the, the one call. Like, I, I, I just think, to me, there's a misalignment with what they have at quarterback, and that's resulted in this four-game losing streak. You know, that weather forecast in Buffalo, in an odd way, benefited McDaniel because they it expected did. snow and wind, so he curtailed his play calling and almost backed into a better rhythm with cold weather as opposed to pristine conditions. Let's hear from Tua after the loss. On the first one... I tried to throw it over a defender, um, but I ended up really throwing over the defender and uh, Tyreek. So that one, that one got got away. Um, the the second one, um, you know, I I might have said the wrong play. I'm I'm not too sure, um, but there was just some commu- communication errors on that. Um, and then the third one was was just not a not a good ball. Um, for for my my receivers to to have been able to make a play on that, so um, you know it's it's tough. Uh, you you get an opportunity to play on a Christmas Day um, against a really good team, um, you know, and uh, you, you, I I go out there and you know really not not putting not being able to put my best foot forward for for our team. Okay, so three interceptions in the fourth quarter from two of those picks led to six points. Obviously, that was the difference in the game. Question for you about Tua, and I mean this sincerely. Why is it taboo to talk about his limitations? And, and all kidding it's aside, we're not being sarcastic, but why is it taboo to have that conversation? I, I mean, it's like the you know, it's like he doesn't even make a bad throw. I mean, even the touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill is like if he puts it out there to him, you know. But it it it, it is this unbelievable campaign to try to make people believe that he's as good as the others as good as Herbert there are some people out there that actually think he's oh, better stop. than Herbert stop. I, I know stop. I mean that's why we're offering a 20% discount at Pearl Vision Center for any of these people that need to go there because it's absurd it's truly absurd and you know I think to me like all quarterbacks maybe with the exception of Patrick Mahomes even Herbert to a degree you got to manage them I mean, the guy's thrown 400 passes already this year. That's 30 attempts. That's 30 in 13 starts. And really, he didn't finish the Cincinnati game, but he started it. So it's really more like 12 starts. But that's that's over 30 throws a game. He's got to be – they've got to run the ball. They've got to milk the clock. They've got to help their defense out. And then those explosive plays come in handy. But they're not a great third-down team. Why? Because the, it's short throws and people are defending them. I, I, I don't know, Patrick. It's, it's one of the great mysteries to me is how you create this illusion of greatness. And the media campaigns along with it. It's like, it's like, it's like uh, my man uh, Tim Tebow. Like, why were we paying attention to Tebow all those years? Why was the worldwide leader craving everything? I don't know. I cannot explain it. 
Mike McDaniel, of course, first-year head coach there with the Dolphins. He's now lost four straight here in December. He said this was uncharacteristic of Tua. Yeah, it was uh, unexpected. Did not um, foresee uh, that happening. I felt strong coming out of halftime, um, just where our guys were at. Um, I didn't foresee uh, standing up here really in this situation. So those, um, I know the team feels the same way. So it's, uh, you know, apparently we needed another gut check. Uh, and, and we got a, um, you know, there, there was critical errors, turnovers. I mean, you, the, the percentages of winning games um, where you're, uh, what were we, um, minus three. Uh, you turn the ball over four times. Um, yeah, you're, you're not going to win the football game. Can you sift through that and pull anything from it? No, I mean, I think he's, you know, again, he's not going to blame Tua. That's part of the campaign. That's how he got the job. But to me, I think he should reevaluate. I mean, we're the 30 – we had an 8-3 and three record. We're 32nd in the league in rushing attempts. Like, I'm not saying run the ball. I'm not saying just run it and take two away. But I'm saying your defense is horrible. You can't stop anybody in the passing game, right? You struggle at times to stop the run. You know, you're, you're unable to really cover – so why don't we play better complementary football? And I, and I think ultimately that's been their problem all along. They put so much on – they want Tua to be great, and that's what the campaign keeps coming in. The Packers' defense all year has been a letdown. The Packers' defense may have just saved Green Bay's season. We'll come back and discuss it. Playoff machinations as well. Boxing Day, Lombardi Line. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon, the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. There's plenty to celebrate in March and
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com or download the app. If you're in Vegas, stop by an MGM property. Bring your Vegas ID and you'll be ready to bet within minutes in person. 1 800 Gambler, if you have an issue, 21 years or older. Again, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. It does appear. The Packers' demise. I tried to bury the Packers the other day. It was premature. The streaking Packers, they've won three straight. They're 10 seed in the NFC. Michael Lombardi, as we welcome you back, much alive in the postseason race. Their win over the Dolphins. They're currently one game behind the Commanders for the final playoff spot. If the Packers win out, they've got the Vikings and Lions, and the Commanders lose once. Green Bay will earn a postseason berth. They didn't play great, but they got out of Miami with the win. And I don't even think they played well. I didn't. I mean, I thought defensively they were really bad. I mean, Big Daddy was texting me the whole game. He had given up on it, you know. I mean, they only made Miami punt once. Now, I know Miami turned the ball over three times in the second half. But still, I mean, you know, they were, you know, if Miami were better on third down, they're two for seven in the game. Uh, You know, that killed them. And they gave up 8.4 yards per play in the game and won. Think about that, Patrick. Think about it, you know. And so – if you run the ball on Green Bay, you understand how to attack them. I think you can. And I don't think this Green Bay offense is is there yet. I mean, I think they're struggling to kind of get going. You know, losing the receiver, Watson, yesterday hurt them. I thought Lassard had a couple bad drops in that game. You know, I, I, I thought they got a break. Miami got a huge break on the interception. I don't know how that wasn't pass interference. Like, I don't know. Guy pushed them mm-hmm. right in the end zone. But, you know, I don't – and people say, well, the – Pack, you're going to fear the Packers. I, I wouldn't fear the Packers. I think the Packers are going to have a hard time if they make Aaron the Rodgers. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, 100%. They were down 20-10, to 10, uh, but they were able to claw their way back into the game thanks to the defense. Well, let's hear from the quarterback on the other side, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely better than uh, three weeks ago. Four, I guess, because the bye. Mike, yeah, what do you think? Pretty good, yeah. Getting better. A lot of things happen our way. I don't think we've Struggle with confidence, but definitely haven't had a lot of believers outside the locker room, I don't think. So maybe this give us a couple on the bandwagon. But, I mean, we, we, uh, we've been in a good rhythm, practice, energy, 
uh, cohesion and then playing a little bit better complimentary football. It wasn't uh, perfect, but that's a good football team and they had a lot to play for. So it's a good win for us. Season was on the line. Mason Crosby was able to yeah. hit four field goals. I think every day is an adventure. If you're around Aaron Rodgers daily, you never mm-hmm. kind of know what you're going to get. But there he was talking after the game. But I thought he said a great point. He said we played complimentary football, which they did. You know, I mean, they were able to stay on the field on third down. They got to fourth down. They weren't great on third down. They converted fourth downs to stay on the field, you know, and they were able to, you know, they, the first two drives of the game, they go, they get 10 points. So, you know, that keeps them, that keeps, that matches the 10 points that, that Miami got. So they didn't get, they didn't, the game didn't get detached from them. Then they controlled the middle eight, you know, that fumble, at the Miami 49 was huge, right? So they get that fumble, kind of an unforced error, really, actually. I mean, they stri- Reed stripped the ball out, and he recovered it. It's a great play. So, you know, that, that really got them going, and that turned it into it. And then they only, you know, then they were able to take advantage of the second half. I mean, they didn't punt in the second half. They throw that bad – that interception, I thought, was a bad call. They overcame some holding calls, and they were able to make yards. So, yeah, I mean, I think they're getting a little better. I, I was surprised they didn't run the ball a little bit more, you know, especially earlier in the game. They weren't getting – I mean, I think at halftime, I think uh, Aaron Jones had like two carries. He only had six for the game. You know, I thought they would use Jones and Dylan more in the passing game, and I think they're going to have to, especially if Watson's hurt. Yeah, Jones is their leading wide, rece- wide receiver. So, he obviously, and surprised, again, like you, that he wasn't used and targeted more yesterday – but like I said, look, the, the bottom line is the Packers, they went out. They've got the Vikings and Lions and the Commanders lose once, which is very viable. They'll be in the postseason. And yeah. I, I don't – the difference is we always would say something like, if they get in, nobody wants to play them. Yeah. People would want to play the Packers. It's okay yeah, I don't this year. Think you're, they're not the same Packers. I mean, you know, Rodgers is, is still good. He's not the same because I don't think he, he – there's a lot of mis- – there's a lot of lack of trust between the teams. So I, I would dismiss that as, oh, wow, we can't play the Packers. Now, you know, I mean, some of these teams in the NFC, they're not great, right? So, you know, the Giants, if they played them, you know, it depends on who you played, right? So say the Packers play the AFC the, – the NFC South winner, right? New Orleans, Tampa, or Carolina. Would you be scared of playing them? Of course not. I mean, they're not, they're not playing very good either. I mean, the, the problem with the NFC is outside of Philadelphia, San Francisco, and, of course, Kevin O'Connell is not allowed to go in any, any casino in Las Vegas because he's the luckiest man on earth. Congratulations to him. Other than those two, I mean, who, do you, who are you worried about? The, who couldn't beat one another in the NFC? No, right? I totally agree. Totally agree. And just to put a bow, and we're going to move on, I want to get to Denver, but to put a bow on Miami and Green Bay, Brian, our producer, points out, and I, I knew it was disparate, but I didn't realize it was this much. You know, that first half for two, a 9 of 12, 229, one touchdown, no pick. 7 of 13, 81 passing yards, three picks in the second half, all in the fourth quarter. Just, yeah. that, that's the adjustment you come out with? Like, that, that is, that's, that's, some of that has to go on coaching as well. That's, yeah, I mean, they packed, they started to pack, I mean, they started to pack the middle of the field a little bit. Like, you, you know, they were able to do that. And, you know, and they got, and they, and they, they fumble. And the next time they get the ball back, they're up ten. The next time they get the ball back, they're down ten. They're they're tied. The score's tied. See, I think Miami, as much as I don't think they understand how to play complementary football to a defense that's not very good, they at least said it yesterday on the broadcast that that Xavier Howard isn't playing well, and their other corners haven't played well. And if they don't get pressure, it's a problem. And they still blitz. Remember last year they played better defensively. A lot of that was Brian Flores because Brian Flores changed what they did. I mean, I mean they were. 
they were trying, like Josh Boyer, their coordinator, he wants to go zero cover, zero seven. They backed that out last year, and Flores kind of took over the team. It's why, Bo- it's why Boyer's still there, right? You know, Boyer's still – he survived the onslaught of, of Flores, and he's there. And he ingratiated himself within the building, but the reality, the build, the strength of that, of the strength of that defense was Flores last year changing what they did. Now they're back to throwing nothing but fastballs, and if you play against a good quarterback, you're going to get beat. The Denver Broncos closed a three-point favorite on the road. They got beat at the Rams, fifty-one to fourteen. It certainly wasn't that close. It wasn't as close <laughs> as the fifty-one fourteen score indicates. Honestly. The less said about this performance, probably good. Uh, Denver, if there are any questions about Hackett, I mean, 100% he's gone, completely disinterested. The team completely mailed it in. And the bigger bigger problem here is is just Russell Wilson. It's not going to change. He's not the same player. That's the bottom line. He's not the same player. And look, you know, all we heard about before the game was how both teams were going to play hard. And both teams were listening to their coaches. And both teams were fully vested. And this is going to be a game where – and me – as an idiot, and I take full accountability for my actions here, for taking Denver in, in the Russo poll, for me doing that, I, I I was counting on Denver. They had success last week. They kind of got going. thought Denver's strength of the team was their defense against the Rams team that's not very good offensively, and yet they made Baker Mayfield look like he was the greatest quarterback of the day. I mean, think about it. They made Baker look like he was sensational. So if you're George Payton, you're like, this, this, can't, this, is, this ended it. And I thought for sure, Patrick, on national television, Denver would have had their finest. They would have tried to play their best, you know, to salvage something other season. And yet they took this opportunity to play their worst. I, I don't see there's any options. Now, there's no options with Wilson, but he's a disaster. And was it Dalton Risner uh, that maybe it was the, the guard there that was fighting with and maybe Brett Rippon was coming to the defense of Wilson. We don't really know what was happening there. The bottom line is there is no control there on the sideline with the head coach. None. There's, there's there's no just, toughness on their team. There's no there's nothing about their team. And then what's gotten worse is that the, 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 I mean, Baker only throws four incomplete passes in the game. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, so the defense, Higby, the, the defense mailed it in. And Hopkins, <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's receivers out there. There's no who's beating you on that team with a bad offensive line. Like, like, come on now. I mean, if you're George Payton today in your office, I mean, that this is a hard pill to swallow. I said after they lost in Carolina that I thought there was quit in Denver. And for some reason, when they came back against Kansas City, people started to feel like it, they were playing hard. I thought they would too. I got conned into it, and it was completely a con. Let's let's squeeze Wilson in here. I want to hear from Russell Wilson after the game. It's a long one, but worth it. It starts with me eliminating the error, the errors. Um, you never want to start a game that way. Um, so I, I, I let us down today, um, but tomorrow, you know, you got to get back after it tomorrow. And um, we can't we can't blink an eye. We got to be able to stand tall in the midst of the storm. And that's the only way to get through it. The only way to get through tough times, trials, all of it all, um, is to stand firm in it and know that um, you know you're gonna get knocked around a little bit in, in terms of uh, just life. You know, we going through stuff in life or whatever it may be, um, whether if it's life or football or whatever it is. And so, um, all I, like I said, all I know is, and all all we're gonna do is you know, we're gonna stay together. We're gonna battle for the next two games and give everything we have. Um, you know, every day. 
Michael, the uh, spread Millie Lombardi put together for Christmas was five star, like Michelin. I had yeah. frozen pizza. Russell came over and cooked it for me. That's what he's hey, cooking. Was it good? He's making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches right now. I mean, that's Tony. He should go on the Speaker's Bureau. That's Tony Robbins stuff right there now. TG next. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Holiday special continues into Boxing Day. Make sure you get it right now. Of course, vcin.com slash subscribe. $79 through March Madness. We're not going to have a better deal all year. $20 credit to the vcin online store when you sign up right now. So you get everything. You get the betting tools like the betting splits. You get the guides, Michael Lombardi exclusive articles, picks from the hosts and guests every single day emailed to you. vcin.com slash subscribe. To become a pro, it's vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, we're back. We've got Step Into My Office coming up in about 15 minutes. But right now, we're going to be joined by our partner there at the Borgata. He runs the race and sports book here on the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi, Patrick Maher. Now Thomas Gable joins. And a well-deserved day off for you and the family yesterday. How'd the book do without you there? They did fine. They actually, we had a better day yesterday than we did on uh, Saturday when I was here. So Saturday was <laughs> a day. Saturday there was a day, Patrick, where like, if I give you a Christmas card with a fifty dollar gift card inside, and then you give me a Christmas card with a fifty dollar gift card inside, well, guess what? It was net net. We nobody got anything really, right? That, that's what happened on yes. Saturday to us at the book. It was literally. We just exchanged money with players back and forth. So, you know, it was like, you guys win a game, we win a game. You guys win a game, we win a game. But uh, yesterday, all three games went our way. So um, it was a much better day yesterday for us than, uh, than on Saturday. Yeah, what was the game that cost you the most uh, trouble on Saturday? Uh, so if you go on the early games, um, the – the Panthers and the Lions. That was not a that was not a good decision for us. Um, the the Bills covering was was not either, and uh, the Chiefs covering also uh, didn't go our way. Uh, in the late slate, we needed the Cowboys, so that was that was good. But whatever we made on that game got given back uh, on the Forty ers game. Uh, and then the late game, we actually uh, we needed the Raiders there, and obviously the Steelers were able to uh, to pull out a victory there uh, in the in the last minute and uh, and send the uh, Raiders, which obviously we're just talking about uh, Survivor there, the Circus Survivor contest, and um, someone was very very close to to winning that on Saturday night, and now he's uh, no longer even in the contest. Yeah. I wanted to reiterate, this guy, Mad Dog, Michael, I'm sure you heard of it. So if the Raiders would have held on on Saturday, yeah. I and I, I really want people to think about what I'm about to say. Like, let this conceptualize. He was going to win over $6.1 million, and then he went to losing yesterday, so he lost 1000 So he went from winning $6.1 million to being down $1,000. That is, it's pretty, that's a pretty wild ride. Yeah, I wonder, did he have any other options besides what he – What who did he take yesterday? Did he take Miami? I believe he lost with Miami, yes, because yeah. he was out early. 
So yeah, I mean his and options it, would have had to been on Saturday night if he could have gotten like two million dollars together and hedged on the um, on the Raiders Steelers game. That was that was his option there. Well, that's the thing is right. coming up with that chunk to be able to hedge. My thing was right. I my assumption was once it got down to four, Thomas and Michael that they would have gotten together and chopped it. Um, yeah. because you're talking over a million and a quarter a piece, right, Michael? Wouldn't you think they'd try to get a hold of each other and get a chop going there down to four? Unless you felt like you had a uh, had Kansas City left or something where you had an O, you know, why would you give up Kansas City in a game where you know they're going to sure. win, right? Sure. You know, I, other than that, but if you're throwing darts at the board, which a lot of us were all year in terms of who's going to win the game. I mean, remember, 80% of the league this year, the spread hasn't really been in account, which tells you why Survivor's been so hard. Yeah. No, it's well put. Uh, yeah, I, I assumed you did well yesterday, TG. Do- dogs 2-1 and one straight up, 3-0 and oh ATS. Mm-hmm. Whenever we see the dogs cash like that, I think the book does well. How well did you do? Uh, yeah, we, we held a pretty high percentage yesterday. And, uh, I, I mean, it's not always the case for us uh, when dogs come in. I mean, like you said, making the generalization, I think for a lot of books that is the case. But uh, for us, it's not always the case. But yesterday it was. Uh, we had a lot of public play yesterday with it being the holiday. So uh, tourists were in, and that was a good thing. So, um, yeah, it got off to a great start with the Packers winning outright and uh you know, I, I don't. I'm sure you guys have already discussed it too, so we won't get into that too much. And then, my goodness, the the second game with how bad Russell Wilson looked. I mean, it's just I don't even know what you do if you're the Broncos uh, in the off season here, and you know you've already tied yourself to him. Uh, but yeah, the Rams uh, came out, and that was a good result for us. And then uh, even in the late game last night, obviously Tampa needed overtime to uh, to get the win. Didn't cover the seven and a half, which is where that closed. Uh, Trace McSorley was uh, he was pretty serviceable there for for Arizona, and uh, the Cardinals ended up getting the money in that one. So uh, all three games we came out uh, in good shape. And NBA yesterday we had a decent day, even though Michael Sixers uh, won and covered there against the Knicks. So it, it was. Good. I didn't watch one play. I didn't watch one play. I didn't watch one play of the NBA the whole day. I didn't watch yeah. one play of the NBA the whole day. I can't wait to find out what these ratings were. I mean, I can't the wait NBA to see. Even though that was a horrible buried. game, even though it was a horrible game between you know the Rams and the Broncos, I, I still think it's better than watching any of that that goes on. You know, so it was an NFL massacre. Like it was a Christmas NFL. I mean, NBA got absolutely buried by those three games, and it's you know two games as you just mentioned, Michael, late that really. Weren't great matchups. The NFL just continues to trounce. But um, you know okay. the Cardinal game. The Cardinal game was a fun. game. I mean, it wasn't a great. It wasn't two great teams, but it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was entertaining. I I, I would agree with you there. And I thought Arizona played hard. Both defenses played pretty well uh, tonight. You know, Michael uh, and Matt Humans agreed. They were both on the Colts. That was, I think, it was at four and a half. Michael, correct me. Yeah. And now, was. where are I we wasn't. sitting with this number uh, with the Colts here uh, hosting the Chargers? Chargers win and they're in. Thomas Gable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now it's at four. Now it's at four. But uh, when you have sharp guys like Matt Humans and Michael, that's what happens when uh, when sharp guys get on four and a half, they drop it to four. So, uh, but honestly, Michael, I, here with the Colts, you know, they're coming off of. Just that huge uh, collapse there yeah. against the Vikings, right? That's the last time we saw the Colts was uh, when they they gave up that thirty-three to zero lead. 
at, at this point, if you're the Colts, what do you really have to play for? Well, I mean, you have to. You, you're you're playing for your job next year. You're playing for your your ability to get a contract. You're playing for a lot of things, right? And and so there's pride too. When you get humiliated like you did on national television, you know you tend to have a way to bounce. You you want to bounce back and and giving up that big lead. And if Saturday wants to be the head coach of the Colts, he's going to have to do something here. There's no denying it. And so. I just feel like this is going to be a really an opportunity. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I think it'll be a closer game because let's face it, the Chargers are not a great defensive team by no mean. And I just feel like this has got a chance to become where they could pull playing at home, crowded stadium. I mean, the fans are still going to be into it. And if Foles does anything in the passing game, which will be more than what Ryan could do, they have a chance against a secondary that's not very good. So I feel like it's it's a game that the Colts, because they're playing home and they, they were embarrassed, I think it has a chance to come together. Plus, I'm not sold that the Chargers are dominant against any team they play. No, I think the Chargers have looked better defensively their, their last couple games. Uh, but as you said, I mean, we've seen a lot uh, from this team, and uh, the defense has, certainly has a lot of holes in it. Uh, but – the offense, I, I think, is maybe what's a little bit most concerning for them. If, when you have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams available for Justin Herbert, I, I mean, he's a different quarterback, obviously, when he has all those guys uh, available to throw to. But they haven't really put up too many points either the last couple yep. of weeks. Um, no. So it, it's, uh, if you're a Chargers fan, and you know, obviously they are in playoff position at this point, but they have to maintain that, uh, it's got to be a little concerning. Well, they had, since the bye week, TG, you make a great point. Since the bye week, the highest point total they had is 27 against the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. They lost that. I mean, in the last seven games, uh, they haven't been able to score. When they beat Miami, they only won tw- – I mean, that was a dominant game. They won 23-17. That's my point. I mean, last week against the Tennessee team, they won 17-14, and it took a miracle at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And, and Tennessee's playing with, with Tannehill on one leg. I just don't see it as – I see it as a close game, and I thought the four-and-a-half early in the week was a really good number. You Did you drop the total from the opener, Thomas? Yes, the total has definitely uh, dropped. The open 47 is now down to 44-and-a-half as we sit here. Mm. You know, going back to that, Thomas, the, the, the high, two highest-scoring games they've had were against Houston and Cleveland. They scored 34 against Houston and 30 against Cleveland. So – they're not they're 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 not a dominant offensive team in terms of how many points they score. They're gonna they they make some mistakes along the way. I think you're gonna have a big handle tonight because it's kind of it's still a holiday for a lot of people. Today is oh, a day off as we oh, kind yeah. of the day after Christmas. So I think you're gonna be busy over at there there at the Borgata with a big handle on this it's standalone be busy game. All week. Yep. Yeah, They're absolutely. Week, so. Okay, TG, and you got the EPL soccer back, so I know you're excited. Uh, keep the momentum yeah. going there at the Borgata. We appreciate you, buddy. All right, thanks, guys. Okay. Next, step into my office. Time for some tough talk. Lombardi line. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, it's BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Single first touchdown scorer prop tonight. Monday and Thursday night, all through the season. Any losses, you receive up to $25 back in free bets. So again, BetMGM, the king of sportsbook, running the special every Monday and Thursday throughout the season. Single first touchdown scorer prop. If your bet loses, you're going to get up to $25 back in free bets. It's a great deal all season long over at the king of sportsbooks. Check it out, BetMGM.com. Or download the app and take on that single first touchdown score prop. Okay, we welcome you back here on the Lombardi line. And as we do, Michael Lombardi, we do have breaking news by way of the NFL. Yeah. Uh, he has been relieved, that being Nathaniel Hackett, of his job. This is feels more like doing the kid a favor at this point because it yeah. just had gotten so listless there with the Broncos. But Nathaniel Hackett is out with two games to go. Your immediate reaction. Well, I think it had to happen, right? And I think that, you know, they're going to look – they were going to fire him in the offseason, so they're going to get a two-week jump on trying to get their list together. But there's bigger issues than just Nathaniel. They they made a really poor decision, and, and Nathaniel wasn't ready to be a head coach. I mean, I think we saw that pretty clearly from the beginning. And now that, you know, now that they've made this change, the person that hired him is going to go back again. 
So he better, George Payton, the general manager, he better reevaluate how he went through it because I could show you articles about how proud they were of their process, which led them to Nathaniel. And so if that's what led you to Nathaniel and this guy was this bad where he gets fired after, four, after you know, with two games remaining in the season, 15 weeks, then you really better evaluate how you came up with it. It's not his fault. Uh, this is really what this is about. This is not Nathaniel's fault. Nathaniel wasn't ready to be a head coach. It was your fault for hiring him. It was your thought for thinking that he could do it based on an interview. It was your thought to thinking that he could finish this and build an offense. And now the bigger issue is who are you going to hire and saddle with Russell Wilson? Who's coming in to embrace the Russell Wilson? Right? Who, who are you going to get out there that says, oh, boy, I can't wait for Russell Wilson to show up, right? Wasn't going to work from the jump. 15 games, Hackett was 4-11. and 11. He becomes just the fifth coach in NFL history to be fired before the end of his first season. But you just said it. If you want to go out and get a Sean Payton, Sean Payton's going to turn you down immediately. He's not coming to coach this Russell Wilson. Well, he's not coming to coach Russell Wilson. He wants to control. He wants to run his team. He wants to build his team. And you don't have any resources for him to get a quarterback. Look, we all know this. We all know that you're only as good as how your quarterback plays. I mean, and that's just fact in the National Football League. I think why Matt Rule is in Lincoln, Nebraska today is because he never solved that riddle. A lot of guys, they can't figure this out. You know, whereas Brian Dayball, why has he won eight games? He's gotten Daniel Jones to play better. Is it good enough? No. You know, is Josh McDaniel six and nine? Has he gotten Derek Carr to play at a higher level? No, no. I mean, Carr's actually not played. He played better last year when there was kind of nothing at stake. Every big game they've had an opportunity to play in, you know, Carr hasn't made the plays they need to make. So it all comes down to the quarterback. All of our job security in the National Football League is based on that. And when you hire a guy to fix the quarterback position, or to evaluate the quarterback, and he makes this much of a mistake, you're, you're going to have to move on. You know, I started by saying the Broncos are doing Nathaniel Hackett a favor, and I, I think if you saw the performance yesterday and you see his body language, which you have discussed all year with Hackett, just didn't feel, it didn't seem comfortable, didn't seem comfortable in his own skin he, on the he, sidelines. They're helping him out. He, he wasn't ready for the job, and that's the part of the job of the general manager is to be able to say, okay, Yes, Nathaniel presented himself really well in an interview. But is he going to be able to handle this? Is he going to handle the pressure of having to take on this quarterback who, you know, was on the downside and build an offense around him? Is he going to lead the coaches? Is he going to demand from the players? There's nothing good in Denver right now. And, and, and you know, and I think George Payton's got to take a hard look in the mirror and say, okay, where did I mess this up? You know, I know I had all these five people involved in the committee of hiring Nathaniel. It led me to him. Everybody thought Dan Quinn was getting that job. This time last year, everybody thought Dan Quinn was getting that job. But Nathaniel blew him away in an interview. What does that tell you? I'm kind of a little surprised not putting down Nathaniel Hackett, but just from what we've seen from him at the podium, I'm a little surprised that that personality translated into the interview room. But, but look... Go That's ahead, what happens, Patrick. That's what happens. They get these guys in the interview room, and they, they answer questions, but they don't ask questions. Okay, let me put you in this situation. How are you handling that? Let's go through your game tape and let explain how and why this occurred. Like, there's so much, hey, I think this guy's a good player. I think this guy's a good coach. It's so much relying on outside forces 
to really tell you if the guy's good. Interview it. you got to put the person under pressure. I mean, Al Davis would make you go to the blackboard. What are we doing here? How are you handling that? Who's coaching that? What are we, how, you know, how are we handling this situation? You know, I mean, and so if you can't answer it, but when you just go in there and present, okay, here's what we're going to do in training camp. Here's what we're going to do. In a, that's all meaningless. It's the Bob Lamont program to becoming a head coach. It gets you the job. It doesn't make you successful at the job. Had a wonderful relationship with Aaron Rodgers, parlayed that into a head coaching position. Seemed from the outside looking in completely overmatched in every aspect. That's it. No doubt. There's no other no way doubt. to put it. And now, and now they're a mess. Now they're a mess. Does the new ownership group who didn't hire George Payton, does he stay? Now, Adam Schefter no. says he's without a doubt he's staying. Oh, wow. And Schefter's wired in that organization. So, you know, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you trust him to go back and make another call again. What did Bidwill? It's like the Steve Kime approach, right? You're going to get another shot at this. You just made two horrific decisions: the quarterback and the head coach. They're the only two decisions that matter. They're the only two decisions that matter for the general manager. You could overcome every other one. You could overcome a bad draft choice. You could overcome a blown first round pick. You can't overcome a bad quarterback selection. Nor can you overcome it. I mean, Ryan Pace did it in Chicago. He picks Trubisky, then he comes back and picks Fields. Right now, cost Nagy his job. He picked Nagy. So it's like you, you have to you can't make a mistake there. And sometimes it's hard. It's really hard to find somebody who's ready to be the head coach. So you gotta help them. You gotta find somebody that's coachable, that's willing to help, that's willing to that at least has some leadership qualifications to take over the team. Nathaniel never demonstrated any of that. Ever. Like if you go back, I mean, he got fired midseason in Jacksonville because the offense was underperforming. Now you can blame it on Blake Bortles, and certainly that was probably the case. But to me, the, it, when they were Jacksonville, had one magical run as it when he was running the offense. There was never evidence over his long career, other than when he got with Rodgers, which you can't. I mean, Lafleur, Lafleur before he got to Rodgers wasn't very good. Doth protests. It's all coming back to me now. Remember how you told me that the Broncos leaked their hiring process and how extensive and exhaustive it was? We should have known then. That was them feeling insecure about the hire and letting people know, no, no, seriously, we really, really canvassed everything. Uh, of course they did. I mean, they were proud of it. And, and what they, and that because when you're searching, you don't know what you're searching for. That's the problem. You got five people in the room that are making a decision based on who should be the next coach of the team when f- at least four of them have no idea what it takes to do the job. How can you be a part of the interview process if you don't even under- remotely understand what it takes to do the job? How can you be? And so what happens is you get all these opinions coming in from outside. As I always say, they've never dedicated a monument to a committee. I mean, go to Washington tomorrow. You ever see a committee uh, monument over there? Of course not. Somebody's got to be able to figure out what's real and what's not. You know, and, and if and there's agendas by everyone. And this was, to me, and I love Paul Hackett. I work with him. I feel badly for him. I, it's a shame. But I, I think, to me, this is not Nathaniel's fault. I think Nathaniel was put into a job he wasn't ready to get in. That's fact. Every industry, you see it all the time. I see people popping up, hosting. And I'm like, he that, that host isn't. It's not his fault. It's the it's the management that said they think they can do it. I you see it with with quarterbacks. Then they don't give him any coaches. help. Then they don't they give don't him give any them help. the help they need. Correct. And then uh, they, they they don't let this. They don't build the staff. They have too many. Pe- he, first of all, he's in a job he's never had to manage anybody before. And now all of a sudden he's got to manage a whole organization. 
You know, and now is and then the first sign was when the offense wasn't very good. I mean, th- one thing about Denver, when they had Williams and they had all these receivers, they were good. But what was going on in training camp? There was no toughness, right? They go to Buffalo, they get key, didn't play anybody in the preseason. He went to the LaFleur approach. And all of a sudden now, I mean, have you heard one word coming out of there that in the summer that Wilson wasn't very good? The only word you heard about Wilson having to prove himself was on our show and our network because we all know from betting him and watching him play last year, he didn't play good. You didn't hear that from the national media. I mean, you know, the, the, I see it all the time on Twitter, the guy that makes fun of you all the time about, uh, you know, it, people thought they were a Super Bowl winning team for the next three years. The um... – Professional disappointment, certainly there for Nathaniel Hackett, but let's not cry for him. He's going to get a nice little parachute on his way out of Denver, Colorado, by way of lots of cash, and he'll, he'll get another OC job, and he'll be fine. But yeah, uh, I breaking mean, well, news. Yeah, yeah, I don't Go think, ahead. you know, the one thing I think about the contract they did do, they did do is they didn't. They gave him a four-year deal. They didn't give him a five-year deal, and I think it was under the value market, too. The big news, Nathaniel Hackett and the Broncos part ways. 4-11, one season, not even finished. We're back. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 